0: Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Well, we're continuing to look at setting boundaries with yourself in marriage, more specifically with our own character. Today we begin with irresponsibility. Well, you know, Adam and Eve started it, but we've perfected it. We protest the reality that our lives are our problem and no one else's. It seems that all of us want someone else to take responsibility for us or to avoid the consequences of our actions. This is really how children and immature adults go through life. They argue it's not fair that they have to shoulder their own burdens. They drive their spouses crazy trying to shirk their jobs in life. Well, some of us have more difficulty with taking responsibility than others do. For example, you may leave certain projects, chores, or financial tasks undone at work or in your marriage for someone else to finish up. Or you may argue when others say no to you. The inability to accept another's no indicates a difficulty in taking ownership of your own disappointment and sadness, and a struggle in allowing others freedom. If you have problems with responsibility, here are some things that you can do to help. Submit yourself to safe people who can confront you on your own irresponsibility. Uh, Say something sort of like this to them. I want you to tell me when I bug you with my flakiness so that I can change. And then when they do, work on changing it. Accept both consequences and feedback for your problem. Tell others to stop enabling you. Realize that the consequences will help you structure your life better. Tell your spouse that their silence and their are nagging aren't helping you. Ask them to love you, but at the same time to provide limits for you when you don't set them on yourself. Self-centeredness Nothing is more natural than to think more of our own situation than another's. Thinking that the sun rises and sets only on us is one of the most destructive, marriage-busting character issues. Marriage cannot be successfully navigated without our giving more of ourselves than we are comfortable in giving. Yet, self-absorbed people often attempt to live as a single person within marriage, thinking they can get what is important to them and still pull off the relationship. The result is that the spouse feels like an object or feels that his or her own thoughts and feelings aren't valued. God designed marriage to be anti-selfish. As we've talked before, he uses our spouse to expose our weaknesses and failings. Marriage shows us the limits of our goodness. It takes away the sense that everything revolves around us, And not addressing our own egocentrism can hurt. Here are some ideas to help set boundaries on your self-centeredness. Ask your spouse to tell you when they don't feel that things are mutual between you or when they think they have to constantly see reality your way. Learn to let go of the demand to be perfect or special. Accept instead being loved for the real you, warts and all. Say no to the urge to be good and learn the skills of forgiveness and grief. Forgiveness and grief will help you accept the reality of who you are and who your spouse is. Judgmentalism. Many spouses struggle with judging, criticizing, and condemning others. They have difficulty accepting differences in others and see the differences as black and white. And they often misread a person's actions out of a need to be loved and accepted. They end up hating both the sin and the sinner. Nothing kills love in a marriage more than judgmentalism. When you live with a judge, you are always on trial. This creates an atmosphere of fear as the judged spouse walks on eggshells to avoid the wrath to come. Love cannot grow in a climate of fear. Dr. Cloud says fear has to do with punishment. A spouse's love can grow if they know the consequences for their actions. This is the loving discipline of growth. But the fear of punishment is very different. Their very soul and character are tried and condemned and then cast out of relationship. If you have the judge role in your marriage, these tasks will help you to grow out of this position. Ask for feedback on how your attitude hurts those you love. Judgmental people are often surprised at how wounding they can be. Become aware of your own attacking conscience. Most judging types have a very strict internal judge that punishes them. Learn to receive compassion and forgiveness from God and others for your own failings. This can help soften the conscience. Develop compassion for the faults of others. Remember that we are all lost without God's help. These character issues that we discussed these past two weeks can be major sources of distance and disharmony in marriage. Yet when you own them, set limits on their hurtfulness, and submit them to God's process of growth, love can flourish. Well, let's shift our attention to attempts to control. Of all the aspects of ourselves we need to set limits on, Doctors Cloud and Townsend say that our tendency to control our spouse is probably the most crucial. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we've tried to run each other's lives. The strategies, manipulations, and tactics spouses employ to change their mate are endless. And if there's any surefire way to destroy cr- trust and love, control is it. We must give our love freely. We cannot say, I will love you if you do this or that. As the Bible says in Galatians 5.1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. When we feel controlled, freedom disappears and love is threatened. Other control is the antithesis of having boundaries in marriage. Boundaries relinquish other control for self-control. Boundaries preserve the freedom of one spouse without at the same time enabling the irresponsibility of that spouse. How can you determine if someone is attempting control? Well, here are some indicators. Not respecting the others no. The husband will make several attempts to change the direction of his spouse and disregard her feelings. Punishing a wrong choice. When the husband chooses to do something the wife doesn't like, The wife will act put out or like a victim, or she will accuse her husband of not being loving or caring, not valuing freedom. The husband will be more interested in his wife making the right decision than in her free, heartfelt choice. Bad results. The wife who is being controlled will be resentful, act out, or retaliate. God is the only one who could justifiably control our decisions, and yet he refrains from doing so. He gives us freedom to choose, and he weeps when our choices lead to ruin. In Matthew 23.37 we read, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. God places such a high premium on our freedom that he shies away from forcing us to do things that would benefit us. He understands that we will never learn to love or respond to him without that costly freedom. Well, let's look at some of the ways we attempt to control our partners and ways to set boundaries on this unfortunate tendency. Well, guilt is one. Guilt messages are intended to make our spouse feel responsible for our welfare. In other words, guilt controls by creating the impression that our spouse's freedom injures us. By choosing differently from us, our spouse has thus been unloving. Statements such as, if you really love me, or how could you be so selfish, and wounded silences convey this message. Anger. Often when one spouse wants something the other doesn't, the disappointed mate will become angry. Angry is our basic protest against the fact that we are not God and that we cannot control reality. Anger can be direct, but it can also be covert, as in passive-aggressive behaviors or sarcastic remarks. It can involve threats of retaliation. It can also, in some extreme situations, become dangerous, as in abusive marriages. Persistent Assaults on the Spouse's Boundary One person will say no. Then the spouse will make attempt after attempt to change the other's mind. Like a strong-willed door-to-door salesperson, the spouse will argue, wheedle, and plead until the other has been worn down. Like a child who has learned to keep asking until he hears the answer he wants, the spouse refuses to live with the boundary of the other. Withholding Love Of all the ways we attempt to control, withholding love may be the most powerful. When one person disagrees, the other disconnects emotionally until the spouse changes to suit them. This is so powerful because God created us to need love and connection as our source of life. When someone withdraws this from us, we are without the basis of existence. It puts extreme pressure on us to do anything to connect to the one we love submitting to boundaries on our control. The spouse who truly loves their mate and wants them to grow spiritually will, at some point, desire to give up those attempts to control. They will be willing to relinquish these strategies in favor of granting freedom and love. Here are some of the ways you can set limits on your own controlling attempts. Realize the cost of other control. The cost of other control is that you might get external compliance but lose your spouse's heart. Guilt, anger, assaults, and withholding all negate freedom and love. The spouse will go along, but will often be resentful or emotionally absent. Set limits on your desire for the other control as you place a higher value on love. Ask your spouse to let you know how your control affects them. Since your marriage is at its core a bond of empathy, your mate's feelings are important to you. So let them know. Well, our time's gotten away from us, and we'll continue with this next week. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you, and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at Gary at CloverdaleChurch.org. org. You to know more about the church, go to our website at www.CloverdaleChurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.